You're now tuned in to Bestseller University, giving you content and sharing information to help you as a new or experienced author go to the next level in your career, creating more opportunities for your book. Let's take it to the next level. Get ready for the ride, y'all. Hey, 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 what's going on, everybody? What's going on, everybody? Once again, we are back for another episode of Bestseller University, the podcast. My name is Sugar Ray Destin Jr. I'm the founder and CEO of BOBM Publishing. We are a full-service publishing house that helps authors with everything from the idea, the coaching, the creation, the, the editing, the design, the marketing, the branding, everything that an author needs to be successful, we have it in-house. So it's a one-stop shop for you. Uh, we've been so successful with our signature launch program that the last well over 400 authors have all become number one best-selling authors on Amazon. And you should be next. Now, before we get into today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to our friends and sponsors over at Bestseller University online training platform. Hey, everybody. Uh, my name is Sugar Ray Destin Jr. I'm the founder and CEO of BOBM Publishing. We've helped over 400 new beginners become bestselling authors not just best-selling authors, number one best-selling authors. And so a lot of times we hear from people that haven't written their book or people that have already written their book and the buzz is gone. How do I keep this buzz going? Or how do I write my first book? Well, we've listened. We've heard you. We've heard you. We've heard you. And we've taken, taken the time to go back and create a university specifically for authors. It's called Bestseller University. The enrollment is opening up on March 1st. So less than two, less than two weeks from now, you'll be able to enroll in bestseller university. Now, is this, is this, uh, done for you publishing? No, this is all information that you can do at your own pace, self-paced courses that teach you how to write a book, how to market the book. And if you want that group or one-on-one -on -one feel, we have some additional, courses that are coming. We're bringing back our flagship course, The Business of Books Mastermind, which helps so many people to understand how to brand, how to market, how to build an audience and the opportunities that come from your book. So this is exclusively for you. If you've been sitting on the couch and you've been waiting on that opportunity to get your book out there, get it in front of the right people and maximize those opportunities, Bestseller University is for you. There will be a, an investment for it. But once again, most of the courses in Bestseller University are self-paced. We want you to succeed as new authors because believe it or not, we didn't start with 400 number one best-selling authors. We started with a dream. We started with a plan. We started with a, we started with fear in our hearts, just like you started. Um, and from authors who've been there and done it to now teaching you the strings and the ropes so that you don't have to go through the you don't have to go through the years and the months and the days and the weeks of trying to figure it out for yourself. We put it all together for you in one platform so that you can go in for yourself and a self-paced self-paced time. And if you decide that you want to publish on your own, by all means, the guides will be there. If you decide that you want to work with BOBM Publishing, by all means, we'll have access. You'll have access to our exclusive Facebook group, Bestseller University. But all we ask is that you take a look and take it serious. 
this is your opportunity to take it to the next level. Don't sleep on yourself. And remember, everybody has a story. It's time to write yours. We love you guys and look forward to seeing you inside of Bestseller University. All right, all right, all right. And we are back. Listen, we're back. So I really want to jump into today's message because today's message is another one of those information rich, uh, content rich uh, podcasts, which is going to be filled. And so I hope you got your pen and your pad ready because this one is going to be a game changer for your writing um, as a new or experienced author. The So what are we talking about today? We're talking about um, using descriptive writing to maximize your message yeah using descriptive writing to maximize your message and the reason that this one is such a game changer is because it takes it takes your writing sometimes from bland and very information filled to whoa i experienced that piece of work it becomes it goes from just writing to more of an art um, and that's what we want to do today. So we're going to talk about descriptive writing and how you can use descriptive writing to maximize your message. Now, as you know, I like to go high level. I'm going to give you the answers and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to break it all down for you. And since since this one is is so intense, it probably will be uh, something that you want to you want to take notes and you want to try it for yourself. You want to practice this again and again and again in your own writing. Um, I'm not sure at which stage you'll add it, but I do know that it needs to be added into your writing so that you can allow your readers to experience the feelings, the emotions, the sights, the sounds, the, the, the taste, everything inside of your writing. Now, the first thing is using sensory details. And, and y'all know me, I always get, uh, get, get locked up on this one. Um, so using sensory details. Next is show, don't tell. Show me, don't tell me. And I'll explain that in a, in a second. Um, use active verbs. There's a, there's a huge difference between, between those verbs. So use those active verbs. Um, use figurative language. Figurative language is going to be more of your similes, your metaphors. We're, we're going to get into that and we're going to jump into it. Um, next is using poetic writing. And this one, this one is one that I love. This is the, the reason that some writing just flows in it when you when you read it, you kind of indulge in it because it's it's pleasing to the ear, it's pleasing to the eyes, it's it's something that takes you to a different place, right? And then the the last one, um, last one is again one that is so simple that it I don't even need to touch on it, but we are gonna touch on it because it's one thing that will take your writing to a completely different level. Now, the first thing that we're talking about is using those sensory de sensory details, right? And you know that we all have five senses, um, sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell, right? I had to touch all, all the five parts so that I can, I can get it right this time. Now, when we talk about those five, those five sensory details, talk about the things in your, in your writing Instead of just writing about something that happened, giving the facts and saying, well, this happened on such and such date or that happened on on a different date. What I need you to do 
is to actually submerge yourself into that moment submerge yourself into that specific moment that you're writing about maybe you're writing about something that happened in your past i need you to experience it when you experience it what happens is you do go back you kind of close your eyes and you you remember and as you remember things if you if you ever listen to a to a kid talk a little kid will tell you man i i, I felt like like uh, I felt like it was a giant around me, and 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 I could smell I could smell the bakery uh, far away, and 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 you know I, I I was when I when I touched it it was hot like fire, um and and so you know I, I I could hear the the sirens and the police cars, and they 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 bring you into their stories without even realizing that they're using their sensory details, and as adults we kind of get to the point that we remember certain events. But we only want to remember the facts because maybe someone someone along the way told us you don't need to you don't need to give all those details when you're telling the story. Just get to the point. That's true in most cases. But when you are writing, you're creating a piece of art. You're creating a piece of literature. You're creating something that is going to live on long after you. So you want it to live in people's hearts, in people's hearts and people's minds. You want it to live there forever because what someone will do is is they'll remember that moment just like you remembered it. That's the reason that most movies are they start with some kind of you'll you'll see that a lot of movies recently start with a drone screen coming in from from afar because they want you to kind of submerge into this moment or they they do the, the little ripply ripply waves to say we're going back in time um it it brings you into the story when you can describe the things that you are seeing you want to describe it in in detail and and be descriptive um don't just say there were flowers in the field what color were the flowers what uh what did the what did the flowers smell like what was the what was the sounds around the field was it peaceful was it quiet did you hear birds chirping in the background as i'm doing this podcast it's early morning so there are birds chirping outside of my window you you can hear those things you can hear the birds singing these are descriptive details that help if you if there's something if there's something that you were eating describe the taste of it describe the texture of it if you if you are talking about being um something something happened that involved physical touch or it involved a slap or a punch or or any um a sports event talk about the touch talk about the excitement that happened with the touch as well use all of your senses when you're talking because what you're doing is you're remembering and not only are you remembering you're allowing them to experience what just happened even if you're talking about something that's going to happen in the future build a scene build the scene for your reader and that reader will have an experience as opposed to just reading a book they experienced the story that you that you shared with them next thing is show don't tell show me don't just tell me that goes back to the facts tell story sell right if you if you are telling me something and again you're only giving me specific details you're only or you're only giving me timeline you're only giving me the few major events then what happens is 
You didn't show me anything. I want to see what you saw. I really want to see what it is that you saw. As a, as a, as a, a lot of times when I'm working with new authors, new authors, especially if you've been through something that was emotionally traumatic to you, what people will do is they try to hide those emotions and they only want to give you the surface level information. The reason that they're giving you that surface level information is because they're trying to hide from those feelings that happened while they were experiencing said moment. But as I've said many times before, it's not our job to hide anymore. You have to be transparent and talk through the things that you went through, because even though you went through it and this is something that's in your past, this is something that somebody is right here in the present that is in their face every single day. So you have to be mindful of the fact that your your writing is releasing. Your writing is releasing. Your writing is releasing someone from the change, the mental change, the emotional change, the physical change that they are dealing with in the present moment. You have to be mindful of that and show them. Don't just tell them. Show me how you got out of it. Show me how you you walked into your blessings. Show me how your life changed for the better. Don't just tell me. Show me. Show me what it was that you went through so that when I go through it, I can experience it a lot different. Next thing is using those active verbs. Use active verbs. If you are talking about something in the present, um, talk about how Talk about the running watcher, the running watcher, as opposed to the water, okay? Because everybody knows what water looks like. But when you talk about running water, you can see a faucet, you can see a stream, you can see a lake, you can see an ocean, you can see a river. When you talk about the, when you talk about uh, traffic, okay, traffic can be defined in a few different different ways. Was it moving traffic? Was it slow traffic? Um, was it, was it, uh, was it bumper to bumper traffic? Explain the things that you are 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 talking about, but give them give them action, give them action as you are describing it. And this isn't for every single single verb or every single noun that you that you're talking about, but give it an active moment. Explain it. Give it a little bit more detail. One word, traffic means something completely different from um from from bumper to bumper traffic or from uh non-stop traffic or from standstill traffic and then at the same time a a river has a different meaning than a raging river than a restless river than a flowing river all of those are the same body of water but the way that you describe it changes the entire changes the imagery behind it next thing is figurative language and we've talked about this before on a on a few different podcasts use use figurative uh language these are your your similes and metaphors your similes and metaphors like as um sometimes you may not have the description that that best describes the moment or that best describes the the thing but you can compare it to something that other people may be familiar with, right? If you ever listen to someone who's learning a who's learning a new language, they'll they often 
use similes. They say it's like uh because there's certain words in English that don't translate over to Spanish. There are certain words in Spanish that don't trans translate well over to English. There are certain words in French that don't trans translate over. And there are certain words in German that don't translate well. But if you know how to use your similes and metaphors like as, um, it was like a river. It was like a concert. It was like a, um, it was like a, the sound of a baby crying. If you can describe those things, most people are familiar. Certain things are universal. Use those similes and metaphors when you don't have the actual description, because it still allows people to say, oh, OK, I got it. I understand it now. You may have experienced a once in a lifetime event and trying to describe it so that other people will understand it may not be your forte because they've never experienced it. They've never they've never had the opportunity. Whereas if you talk about something that is on a level that they can relate to, then you can bring them to the level that you uh, that you want to. If you can if you can walk with kings, nor lose the common touch. If you can talk with if you can talk with men, but not I forget the exact words. But in the in the poem in the poem, if by William, if by Rudyard Kipling, he talks about how if you can talk with with commoners and and not lose your virtue or if you can walk with kings but not lose the common touch what it's basically saying is you have to be able to relate to all people um you may not be able to relate to everything that they've experienced but you can relate on some level find your similarities so that they can begin to understand your story and they begin to love your story as a result of you relating to them and they can relate to you. Next thing is, and this is one of my favorites, is using poetic writing, right? Um, we know that music is universal. Everybody knows music is universal. Music is universal. We've heard that so many times. Music is music. Uh, music can change an environment. It can. If you're in a, if you're in an environment where where the music is loud and it's 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 just um it it's just active it has it has a lot of aggression in it then that room is probably going to be filled with aggression but when you bring that bring that music down just a little bit maybe you put on some jazz maybe you put on some classical you can change the environment you can even change the mood of the people inside of that room because what you did was you invited them in using something as simple as music. Now, why am I talking about music when I'm talking about using poetic writing? Because music is music. The lyrical side is filled with the following alliteration, rhythm and rhyme. If you read something and there's a certain flow, there's a certain rhythm to the way that they write, the way that the, way that the author writes, you kind of fall into a it lulls you into the moment. It, it kind of hypnotizes you as you're reading it because what you're what you're reading now has a certain that that writing has a heartbeat it has a heartbeat and you start to feel that moment you start to feel the the emotion you start to feel the moments inside of it it becomes it becomes more rhythmic where as using alliteration alliteration is one of my favorite types of uh types of writing and this is when you use the same uh initial sound or initial syllable or initial letter 
and you use it throughout. Maybe you maybe you use um, a simple smile. Did you hear the alliteration in there? Simple smile. The S S that is pleasing to the ear. Again, go back to the go back to the brands Coca Cola. Those brands have that alliteration at the beginning of the word Coca and Cola is something that's pleasing to the ear. So it makes you want to buy when you're writing something. If you can find a way, maybe you're describing a maybe you're describing a string. Right. Um, Maybe you can say something as a. The or let's talk about a let's talk about a silhouette. The 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 silhouette of the shadow, the shadowy silhouette. You're using the same s s sound at the very beginning. Um, one of one of the one of my favorite poets, who's a rapper, uh, Tupac, used alliteration a lot in his rhymes, and that was the reason that you could hear. His, you could feel his words because it was almost like he used his words like a machine gun, right? Um, and I'm, I'm not gonna use any of his, uh, any of his alliteration, but you would actually have to go back, and you have to go back and actually listen to some of his music, and you will hear how he, how he uses the p sound a lot, and when he uses that p sound. What it sounds like is p- 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 so again, his music was a little bit more. It was a little bit more racy. So when he when he gave you that, p- 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 what it sounds like to your ear is the sound of a the sound of a gun that's consistently going off. You can use your alliteration softly, slowly, simply. These are just three examples of the S sound. But what it does is it gives a soothing sound to the ear. You can use alliteration to to bring to to become a weapon um, or not a weapon, but more of an instrument. Your words become the instrument as someone is reading it and they can they can hear that rhythm in your writing. So, again, if you heard it, I did it again, alliteration and poetic uh, style writing. And then rhyme. If there's a way that you can find a find two lines or two words within a within a sentence to rhyme, what happens is that person, as they're reading unconsciously, it was pleasing to their ear. It was pleasing to the eye because when they when they read it. They may not have they may not have caught it with their eye, but they heard it in their in their ear. They heard it in, in the back of their mind and they said, wow, I like that line. They don't know why, but it was because of the poetic style that you used So use that poetic writing throughout. Find ways to weave it into your writing. And the more you weave in those poetic styles into your writing, it gives that it helps with the description of the of the 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 terms the verbs the subjects the content of your of your writing and then the last thing this one is this one should be first but i saved it for last make it personal make it personal make your writing personal um personalize it in a in a sense that when you're writing once you know who your target audience is 
It's almost like you're writing them a letter. You're writing them a letter and you're explaining certain things to them. You're explaining certain details. And if, if you have that one person in mind that you're talking to or that one group of people in mind that you're talking to, it makes it easier to communicate with them because it's personalized. Your message is personalized for them and they may not realize it, but when they when they're reading your writing, they're saying this was for me. And in the back of your mind, just like a great a great speaker says, yeah, you're the one that I came for. You're the person that I was writing this to. You're the person who I wanted to to capture this moment, but not only make it personal in terms of how you're writing it, but also make it personal in terms of what you're writing right from the heart, right from the heart. And and write it in such a way that it is conveying a message, whether it be you were talking about some strength that you had. Maybe, like I said before, you were talking about something that you overcame. Maybe you came out of a bad relationship and you're explaining that relationship. I know a lot of people when they when they go through something, they just want to leave it in the past. Writing can be very therapeutic. Get it out on the paper and let your words do let your words do the rest, but write it from a good place. This is the one thing I always say to writers whenever they're writing a book. Write it from a good place. Write it from your heart. But at the same time, um, there are certain situations that I, I cannot wait to share, but I'm going to write it from a good place because even... Even people who were in bad seasons of your life are still good people. They just may not have been good in that moment. Right. So there's no reason to there's no reason to write in such a way that you make them out to be a villain or you make them out to be a, a bad person, because in that season of their life, they may have been in a bad place. You don't know what people were going through. But as you write, make it personal. Talk about your experiences. Talk about how you felt. Talk about the things that you overcame. Talk about the triumphs that you had. Talk about the obstacles that you faced. And when you do it, unveil. And what I mean by that is most people hide behind their writing. Most people hide because they don't want to share too many details. They don't want to share because they feel like they're getting judged. Here's the here's thing that I love to to remind people of. People are going to talk about you when you're up. People are going to talk about you when you're down. People are going to laugh at you when you're up. People are going to laugh at you when you're down. People are going to have something smart to say because that's the life that they live. That has nothing to do with you. What your job is, is to make sure that you get the writing out that you were called to write and make sure that your message is so powerful that it impacts the person who needed to hear it because each of us has our own personal stories so this isn't necessarily for the fiction writers that i'm talking to right now this is more for your non-fiction writers but as a non-fiction writer your message is there to pierce through the hearts of those who need to hear it and so yes there will be people who judge you. But guess what? Here's the one thing that I always love when an author comes back to me and says, well, my my sister, my friend, my brother, my my cousin said this about my writing. The one question I always have is what have they written? 
if they haven't written anything, they haven't written a book or they haven't reached bestseller status or they've written a book, but it just sat on their sat on their shelves or they've never helped anybody else in their life. Why would you even be concerned with what it is that they have to say about your dream? It's your dream. Personalize it. Make it so powerful and make it so personal and transparent that the people who need to read it are going to read it and be impacted for life. Three of the three of the best books that I've ever read. Um, one changed my life the first time I read it, which was is The Secret to Success by Eric Thomas. When I read his book, I kind of had tears in my eyes because his story reflected a lot of the things that I was going through. He started a GED program in his in his hometown. I actually started a youth program. We both have a passion for helping others. He talked about he talked about his days of homelessness. I can remember experiencing certain moments in my life that felt like homelessness um, or losing losing everything. They, they they related to me, but to see where he actually the heights that he's actually achieved motivated me to want more. When I read David Goggins' book, um, "Can't Hurt Me." I was impacted because I remember being that confused high school kid and trying to fit in and and also being a college college student trying to fit in and trying to to do certain things to make myself seem tougher or to to make myself seem like I had it all together and understanding that he had to get in that mirror and talk to himself. He had to get in the mirror and tell himself you can do better. Those moments impacted me. He talked from a place of truth. When he talked about how he overcame his accomplishments, I began rooting for him because I could see myself in the story. I could see myself overcoming the things that I was going through in that season. Um, Will Smith's book, the the I, I don't even remember the name of the book, but that's how powerful it was. He went back to his childhood and he starts the story off talking about how his dad gave him a certain work ethic by making him and his brother build a wall. That hit me from a great place because I needed to hear that brick by brick, brick by brick. Stop focusing on building the wall and focus on it brick by brick. As he talked about the things that he experienced, how, how hard of a worker he is, how dedicated he is, and how people didn't understand and still don't understand his work ethic because he worked so hard and people feel neglected in his life. I can relate because I'm a workaholic. When it comes down to something that I'm passionate about, I get into that season. So those books, when they wrote from their personal place, they impacted me because I could personally see myself locked in and and engaged in those moments of uh of the the parts of their story that i could relate to and that's what your writing is going to do if you are writing from a place of overcoming domestic violence and i say this a lot you have to go back in that moment and realize that you're writing to someone who is still in that season if you were if you went to prison and you're talking about your time in prison, then talk about it because there's somebody who's still locked up um, that reads all the time. And when they read all the time, what they are doing is not only are they reading, but they're reading because they're looking for an escape. They're looking for their way out. Your book, your writing may just be that. It may be exactly what they need. So don't be selfish with your writing. Be personal. Um, make it personal. 
make it powerful, make it impactful, and be transparent. Because the people that need to hear your story are going to hear exactly what they need to hear from your writing. Make it personal so that they understand that they, too, can succeed and they, too, can go to the next level. You just have to be transparent enough that they can see themselves winning just like you did. Because our goal as writers is to help elevate others and at the same time spread love throughout the world with our writing, with our pens. Now, listen, that's all I have for you. Um, like I said, this is about using descriptive writing to maximize your message. The reason that it is so important is because it's going to take your writing from sometimes just being bland to being extremely powerful and impactful, right? Um, if this was helpful to you, do me a favor, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, and share. Like it, because I want to see that you that you rocking with me. Comment and let me know what what you liked about it. Um, subscribe so that you can get updates about when we drop new podcasts. We drop new podcasts and we're trying to do this every day. Um, as long as as long as we have the opportunity to do it every day, you're going to get a new podcast every day. And pretty soon you may be getting two or three podcasts each day. And I'm going I'm getting ready to start bringing some amazing, powerful authors on here that we've worked with to talk to you about their writing journey so that you can understand how you can get there as well and then share share with somebody who is is working on their first project and they need that motivation or they need that information because they may be stuck in this season of writing it's a lonely journey when you're writing alone and we're not out here alone right um so again like comment subscribe and share um, if you do those favors for me, I promise to continue giving you information that's going to help take you to the next level. Because remember, everybody has a story and it is time to share yours. Once again, my name is Sugar Ray Destin Jr. I'm the founding CEO of BOBM Publishing and I love you guys to life. Until next time.